This is Indie Business Podcast, Episode 49. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Indie Business Podcast. I am your host, mentor and coach, Donna Maria, the founder and CEO at Indie Business Network and the lead trainer at Indie Business University. My goal is to help you build a solid business foundation, increase your income, and use your business as a platform to create the life you love. On this episode, I will introduce you to Rhonda Porter Altima of Suda Haiti, a 501c3 organization dedicated to helping the people of Haiti build self-sustaining businesses and become more economically empowered. I recorded this interview just a few days after Hurricane Matthew left a path of death and destruction throughout Haiti, and at the time Rhonda and I spoke, the death toll was approaching 1,000, but it was still unknown. Suda Haiti is adjusting its efforts to provide whatever aid it can, but the organization's ongoing mission and message is one of economic independence and empowerment, and to that end, they are teaching people how to grow and sell produce and to make things they can sell so they can provide for themselves and generate steady income. If you know anything about me, you know that at the center of my mission is the core value of self-empowerment through entrepreneurship. And nowhere is this message more needed than in places like Haiti, where the people have become somewhat reliant, as you'll hear from Rhonda, on being given things, so much so that many of them no longer exercise their potential to connect the dots between work and creativity and achievement and wealth creation. Suda Haiti works to change that, and my mission is to help people maximize their potential through entrepreneurship, and that is a perfect compliment. That's why I've grown personally associated with Suda Haiti and Rhonda and have partnered with them through the Indie Business Network and Indie Cruise to help reach Haitian people with the inspirational can-do attitude of Indie Business Network members and our community around the world. You'll hear a lot more about this partnership in the coming months, but for now, enjoy my interview with Rhonda and learn how you can support Suda Haiti and its mission right now. You can get a summary for this episode at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash 49. I can't wait to introduce you to Rhonda Porter Altima of Suda Haiti. But first, this podcast is brought to you by Indie Business Network, the online entrepreneurial mentoring and coaching network helping makers and creative entrepreneurs launch, manage, and grow a sustainable and profitable business. You can find out more today and join at IndieBusinessNetwork.com. And now let's welcome Rhonda Porter Altima of Suda Haiti. Hey, Rhonda Porter Altima, where are you today? Uh, I am sitting in my bedroom. It's probably the quietest place at the moment um, outside of uh, Austin, Texas. Awesome. I love that we can, you know, use technology to have these awesome conversations from wherever we want. Like I'm in my home office right now and you're in your bedroom. We're both at home and we have so much that we want to share with people today. So I'm really excited to introduce everyone to you, Rhonda. And Suda Haiti is an organization that does so much good and is just um, such a great example of how we can work together as entrepreneurs with other organizations that are in the nonprofit sector 
to help and aid and really just encourage and uplift other people who really need our help. So tell us a little bit about Sue to Haiti and how it started and what's it all about. Okay, so we are at the moment, we're a pretty small nonprofit. Uh, we are primarily working in Haiti. Uh, we are working in the northwest area of Haiti, and I'll tell you why we're kind of in that area. Um, but we are focusing on self-sustainability and economic development in the rural areas of that area. Um, we're also focused big on education. Uh, we feel that that's a really important need, expect, well, all through Haiti. Um, so we want to kind of get education back to the communities, get them more self-sustaining, and see if we can kind of grow the economy there too. So that's, that's kind of our, our primary goal. And, and how did this come about? Why, why this? I mean, there's lots of places in the world that need what you just described. Why Haiti? And, and how did you come to the decision that that should be the location where you focused your efforts? That's a really good question. So it's kind of a long answer. Um, my background is actually Latin America and Spanish and all of that. So I've been all over. I've lived in different countries in Latin America. Um, I had the opportunity to actually go to Haiti a few weeks after the earthquake in 2010. First time ever there. I don't speak Haitian Creole. I understand more now, but not as much as I did. And uh, so it wasn't a place I ever really thought I would primarily be working in. And um, once I kind of hit grounds and I was there, it was something in me that said, this is where I'm supposed to be, and this is where I'm supposed to be helping. Um, it, it came about, too, because in the process of the earthquake, I actually met my husband. He is a Haitian native that's been living in the United States for more than 20 years. But he came over as a young child. And so he's always felt extremely lucky that he had the opportunity to come to the United States. But he also goes back home and sees people that are in need. And he always feels like he he should be there to help, too. So between the two of us, we kind of came together and we started working on this on this project that actually started into a nonprofit and everything else. So that's kind of where our story starts. And what what year did Sue de Haiti come into existence as a nonprofit? Oh, well, that's a good question. We started talking about it in 2010. Of course, after the earthquake, we wanted to figure out how we could help and in, in what we could do. Um, and over the years, that kind of got into forming into groups, figuring out how we do this. So technically, what we started to do and how we were going to do it started in probably 2013. We didn't get our license to be a 501c3 until 2014, um, but we were able to do that. And then from that, we've been able to kind of structure what we're going to do and how we're going to do our projects. Haiti obviously has ongoing needs. You mentioned the earthquake from 2010, which is now six years ago. But as we sit here recording this podcast today, we are literally four days after another hurricane, Hurricane Matthew, that hit Haiti just over uh, the past weekend in late September, tell, early October. Tell us a little bit, Rhonda, about um, how things are going in the aftermath. Give us a little bit of an update of what you're seeing and what do you know so far? Because I know the information is um, flowing out, but it's still somewhat spotty. We don't have full reports. What do you know? So, yeah, it's kind of the same with us. So primarily when the earth, or the, earth, when the, hurricane, the hurricane was going through, um, 
we primarily saw it as it was going through the south. And so since we're the northwest, very, very top northwest, we figured, you know what, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go a different direction. It's not going to hit us. We'll be okay. Um, and, you know, we, would, we wouldn't have to really worry too much about how to work with the people in the community to kind of strengthen and build up again. But as we started watching, we saw that it directly did hit the northwest. Now, what's coming out in the news, and I understand because it probably hit a lot worse in the south than it did the north, but there is damage up where we are. Um, what you're seeing in the news is primarily the uh, the south. So you're seeing pictures from the south. You're seeing all the damage from that and everything. But um, with that, it took us probably about three or four days to actually figure out what had happened in the area that we work in. So what we know right now is that the roads that we get to to get up to the northwest have been washed away. So it is very difficult to get up into the areas that we're working in at the moment, which kind of concerns us. Um, but we have some ideas to help with that. We also know, too, that the homes, a lot of the homes were washed away. And if they weren't washed away, roofs are off. Um, a lot of damage, water damage in the homes. So we know that too, and we're just starting to get a few pictures in from people taking pictures in the area. So that's about all we know, and you know, we're, we're kind of standing by trying to figure out what do we do, how do we get there, how do we do this, and, and figure out everything else and as more information is coming in. Rhonda, do you and your husband have any plans to go back soon in the near future? Well, we, we already had a planned trip, or a trip planned, in December and January. So that's already scheduled. We will be down there for sure. Um, I, I, we're, again, we're trying to still assess. We have somebody kind of on standby if we can get the funds together for him to actually get down there and kind of start working on some projects for us. But again, that's kind of on standby. So we would love to get there sooner, but it might not be until December. And is the person who's on standby, is that person in the States or are they further south and closer to Haiti? They're in the States right now. They're, uh, but like I said, they're kind of on standby figuring out what we need to do and how to get there. <laughs> wow. So I know you have your work cut out for you in terms of uh, creating some sort of system that will be able to help specifically in the aftermath of the hurricane. But more generally than that, can you share a little bit about what you do on an ongoing basis to help the people in the northeastern region there? Yeah, definitely. So oh, the northwestern region, right? Sorry about yeah. that. No, you're fine. Um, so what is going on with that right now is, apart from the hurricane, uh, our biggest goal is self-sustainability and economic development. The first time I went into Haiti, I don't think I have ever seen so many NGOs, nonprofits, organizations, which is not a bad thing, but the culture itself has kind of gotten used to that, and so they're used to people giving them things instead of them actually providing for themselves. So that's where the self-sustainability and economic development came from. We also know, too, that a lot of people are moving from the rural areas to the larger cities, and what we've seen is that's not primarily a better solution because although they're getting to the city and there may be more resources, there's not jobs, there's not, they're living in worse conditions than they were if they were in the rural area. So we wanna go back into these communities and start building them up. So what we started with is we have a person that came to us 
and he asked us for a small loan and uh, we gave him the loan because he's a he's a horticulturist and and he primarily works with plants and everything so we gave him this loan because he wanted to start a nursery and we gave him the loan a few months later we went down to kind of check on him and see how he was doing and what was going on with that and we were really excited to see that he had started this small nursery with using just papaya seeds and mango tree, mango seeds and started producing about 800 uh, fruit plants and so from that we started to they're still growing but what we're planning on doing with that is giving them to the community so they can either provide food for themselves as long as they take care of the trees and then also too they can also sell the produce so it can help with them with uh, providing for their family so that's one small project that we have that we're trying to strengthen a little bit more uh, we have two more that's in the works. Um, there's this great nonprofit that goes all around the world and teaches uh, women primarily how to make soap. And so they're actually going to hopefully come down and start working with a group of women in, in our area in the springtime. So from that, hopefully we'll be able to teach them how to make the soap, get them the materials they need, and then they can sell the products for, for their family um, you know, it could be for washing clothes, it could be washing hands. Um, there's a few local medical clinics too that we could possibly kind of sell to them too as they also need the soap too. Uh, the other project we're working on too is that we have a, a person that's interested in helping with sewing classes. So we're going to try and get some sewing classes up and going and have the women or men too because that actually a lot of men do sewing in Haiti too um, get them up and running and possibly get some projects done where we can sell them back in the states either craft things or or different different textiles or you know if there's a local need for different types of clothing especially like uniforms for uh, for the schools then we're kind of looking into that one too Again, these are ones that are works in the progress, but we're seeing them come together. So so that's what we're working on at the moment. I love it because, you know, the three things, you've got food, you have personal care and hygiene, and then you have clothing. I mean, you've got it all covered right there, our basic needs. <laughs> um, shelter, obviously, but I know you're working on that as well because we talked a little bit about some of the um, the the ideas for you know helping people with places to live so let's talk a little bit about well first of all what's the name of the organization that teaches people how to make the soap uh that organization is oh and i just went blank on the name um oh my gosh that's okay that's okay <laughs> um, we can we can we can get that later so so what are the like I know one of the things that I'm so excited about is that the Indie Business Network, and in particular through our annual Indie Cruise Retreat, which is in 2017 coming up, and we're going to have it in the country, in the Dominican Republic. And one of the things that we um, are doing is partnering with you to help your organization with marketing and things like that. But we're also going to be working with you to help meet some of these more specific needs on the ground there in Haiti. So as we are going to be ramping that up as well, tell us a little bit about how our listeners can contribute as well. So for um, in each of these three areas, the the, the the growing their own food 
the health and hygiene, nutrition type things, and also the clothing. What can people in the U.S. do to help facilitate your being able to meet those needs in Haiti? Right. Yeah. So uh, we're really excited about networking with you all. We're so excited about all of this. Uh, but as far as kind of helping out, there's there's several different routes, and we're always open to new ideas too. But uh, what we're kind of looking at right now is the big monetary, monetary, monetary donations. The reason we ask for that first is because um, it is very difficult to ship things down to Haiti, so it's easier for us to actually have the money in hand and purchase what we need in country. Um, it also too helps the economy too. So you know, there's a win-win for all of that. Um, the other thing that we started to do, because we can't primarily take a lot of material with us, is since we have the nursery going and we're trying to build up some more produce that, that the community can um, grow, uh, we're asking people if they have you know, other, other uh, seeds that they're not using, that they grow for tomatoes or watermelon or, or whatever type of produce that they'd be willing to donate the seeds. Now those are really easy if they were mailed to us, we can easily put them into our suitcases and bring them down. And then that would kind of help us out down there too. Because the funny funny enough, it's extremely hard to find seeds to start growing things in Haiti. So that would be a huge help if we had seeds to start growing some more food down there for the people. Um, the other thing that we've kind of asked people to, I mean our biggest thing is we're small we're trying to get the word out about who we are and what we're doing. And so one of the biggest things, and I know a lot of people don't have money to donate and things like that. So again, if even just spreading the word for us is a big deal, talking about who we are, what we're doing, um, that helps us out in so many ways. And that could easily just be talking about us on social media, that could be talking to a friend. Um, we're working on trying to get some things together where if anybody wanted to do a party and they want to just talk about Haiti in general and then talk about the organization, you know, just to get the just to get the talk out there about who we are and what we're doing. So those are some of the things we're doing. We're also slowly putting together uh, volunteer trips. Um, we are we're almost done with our volunteer housing, so that way the volunteers have somewhere somewhat somewhat comfortable. <laughs> That's the housing I was thinking about earlier. <laughs> it's the volunteer housing. Uh, so we're almost done with that. We just need to put the roof on top of it, and so uh, we will eventually start bringing groups down. At the moment, we bring groups down maybe one to two times a year, but we really want to grow on that for a few reasons. You know, we want people to come down. We want to see the community, see what's going on in Haiti because there's a lot going on and it's in good and bad. Haiti's a beautiful country, but people don't really think about it that way. It's gorgeous. It's it's in the Caribbean. So it's got a lot to show people, but people don't think about that. But we also want to be there too to show people that we're here to help. We want people to come down and help educate the the community on different things they can do to help sustain themselves. And also, too, just to help out, too. I mean, it could easily be going into a farmer's uh, field and go helping them plow for the day or help with help with um, building the construction of some sort that's going on down there. Um, I know that I've talked to several groups with children, or older children, I should say, and women that may not necessarily want to do that, but 
there's several, several children in the area and it's easy to kind of grab them and kind of do like a summer camp thing or a day camp where you can do projects with the kids. So there's a lot of things we're trying to work on with that. And we definitely want to bring people down to kind of show them the country and have a good time, but also to help out too. So these are just some of the ways that, that we're trying to get people involved with the organization. So Rhonda, for those of us who are looking forward to being able to travel there on these volunteer trips, can you tell us like generally what that would be like? I mean, obviously you would leave the U.S. on a plane and where would you land and how far do you have to go to get to the Northwest region where you work? Give us a little snapshot of how that would look. No, that's a great question because I do have to tell people if they're interested with us, I have to make sure they know what they're getting themselves into. Um, Haiti's not developed and so it's not very easy to travel around. Where we're at, we are not very close to the nearest airport. So it's a bit of a trip. Um, but if you're up for an adventure, it's you know it's a great way to go. But you would from the United if you're coming from the United States or even Europe, you know wherever you're coming from, uh, you would primarily you would fly into Port-au-Prince. That's the closest airport to get to where we're at. Now, with that being said, Port-au-Prince is technically about seven or eight my or seven or eight hours away from where we're working. Now, the crazy enough thing is if I told you how many miles away we were you would probably not believe that it would take that long. But once you're down there, you understand. Um, We are probably 150 miles away from Port-au-Prince. It takes takes that long to get there because of the roads. So the first stretch, the first couple hours are pretty good roads, and we get into a larger city called Gonaive. We have housing there, so if you came down on a trip, we'd probably stay there for the night once you flew in. Um, and then from there, that's where the adventure starts. That's where we start from there to get up to where our projects are. It's, um, if you like off-road, it's very off-road. <laughs> um, so although from Gonaive to our projects, it's literally 30 miles away, but it takes about two hours to get there because we have to drive about 15, 20 miles uh, to get up, or 20, 15, 20 miles per minute or per hour to get there. Uh, from there you go up into the mountains so our project is up in the mountains it's a bit cooler because Haiti is a very hot country but it's a gorgeous view and so we're up in the mountains there's a little bit more breeze and um, you you get to see a lot more of real Haiti I guess is the best way to put it so you would be staying up there we would be doing projects in those areas but again we want to make sure that you see all of Haiti So after the projects, we usually go back down towards the coast and we usually go down to some of the hotels and the beaches and go stay down there and go play for a day or two. So again, you get to see the, you get to see all aspects of Haiti because there's a lot to see. And again, we want, we want it to be not just a volunteer trip, but we want to make sure that it's a cultural trip for you too, to kind of understand how Haiti is and understand it's a great country too. (laughs) What, what is the best time of year for these volunteer trips to take place? Oh, the best time is definitely <laughs> probably more fall, uh, fall, winter, spring, because it's cooler. But I know that a lot of people can't do that. And so, of course, summer is always an option. It's just that you're going to know that it's going to be very, very hot. So if you don't mind the heat, then it'll be good for you. <laughs> well, my guess is that you can get the best of both worlds, the people who don't mind the heat 
and can't travel during, you know, the other times of the year can go then. And those people who are able to get away, um, you know, it's still going to be warm enough there. It's obviously in the Caribbean, they can come as well. So it sounds like the, the best of both worlds, you'll be able to pull from both different types of people. And I, I love this um, combination. It's like this is like an eco travel opportunity where you'll get to have a little bit of rest and relaxation for the day or two that you're at the beach. But you're also have an opportunity to learn a new culture, to potentially learn a new language, um, to, to offer your services to help people. And like, you know, it's nothing greater in the world than being able to extend your hand to assist somebody who's uh, who needs it. So I, I, I love that. And I love your, um, I also love the story of you and your husband meeting and saying, you know, let's not only get married, let's start a business together. Let's start a nonprofit together so we yeah. can um, grow our family and help grow uh, a community as well. Definitely. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's been amazing. I know a lot of people say that they could never work for their partner, but my husband's amazing and I love doing all this work with him and he's very passionate about it just like me. So it's fun to do and it's it's been a, it's been a fun it's been a fun road to take. <laughs> so Rhonda, the sewing classes, like are there things I forgot to mention and ask about this? Are there fabric donations, uh sewing machine donations, what sorts of things? Um and I know you said money, but um, if we have some fabric on hand, I know a lot, a lot of people may love to sew. And I know people who have closets full of fabric that they'll never use because they're avid seamstresses, or I don't know what the term is for male, but they, they know they're never going to make in a lifetime clothing out of all the stuff they have. Can right. they donate their materials to you as well? Or is it too tough to get it down there? You know, uh, we have thought about that. And I, I think if it was donated to us, we could figure it out. Um, like I said, the shipping to Haiti is a little difficult process, but at the same time, we're trying to find different ways. And if that means carrying a couple extra luggages of, uh, of clothing or, or the, uh, material with us, then we can make it work. It may just take a few trips to get everything down. Well, maybe um, someone can sponsor a materials trip. Yeah, no, I mean, we absolutely would love that because again, Haiti there's it's they have everything there but it's not necessarily always very easy to find right so right. Any materials i mean that would be amazing it would help out in so many ways and sewing machines so the difficult part about that one and maybe people have it and they just want to you know donate them and don't need them anymore the area that we're in primarily doesn't have electricity so we're that's a challenge for us but we've learned that there's a lot of people in the area that we've seen have the old-fashioned pedal um, mm -hmm. machines, and mm -hmm. those are perfect. So, you know, if anybody ever had one of those that they just want to, they don't need it anymore, I don't really use, we would definitely look into trying to get it down with us because those are definitely mm -hmm. the type of materials that we would use. Well, I can tell you they're all over the southern U.S. I don't know where else they might be, but I see them at antique shops. And um, up until a few years ago, there was one in my grandmother's house. So um, because my my grandmother was a seamstress. So um, wonderful, wonderful. So Ron, what's next for Sue to Haiti? Like what are the like if we wanted to do something between uh, now and the end of this week, what are the three things that you would want us to be able to do? 
that's a that's a good question. Within a week, um, you know, the biggest thing right now uh, is the donation part because I know that we are definitely trying to get things together to figure out how to work with the with what happened with the hurricane. So okay, so in, tell us now then how do we donate? What um, do we do? So the easiest way to do that is we do have a website. It may not be the prettiest, but we have a website. Um, and so you can go to, directly to the website and then to the donate page. Uh, that would be on www.sudehaiti.com. And I can spell that out because Sude is a little difficult. Um, www.sudehaiti.org. Um, you can donate directly from there. And that's probably the easiest way. Um, it does go straight to a PayPal account. And so, you know, if, if you're verified through that, you can get through that. I think you can do it without a PayPal account. Um, you can also send checks. We, If you go onto our website and you go into the contact us, you'll see a mailing address. Um, so we will get checks that way. Um, those are probably the easiest ones. You know, if somebody's having some issues or concerns, Go to the contact page. My phone number is on there. Uh, you can contact me through the contact page, and I can get a hold of you, and we can talk about donations and things like that, too. So there's a few different ways to figure it out. Okay, great. That's one thing. What are the other two? <laughs> like, I, you said seed, seed. So if we, if we are, like, a lot of my listeners are listening to the podcast while they're out running errands, they may be standing in front of a gardening store right now. Can they, if they can run in and get some seeds, which are so lightweight, and I mean, you can stick them in your luggage next time you go there. Um, I know, I know I make that sound so easy, but I'm assuming that that's one of the easiest things to get there. Although, can you bring seeds in from the U.S.? Maybe there's customs issues. Definitely. No, they don't really have any custom. Uh, when it comes to that, we don't okay. have any if you were coming back from from Haiti to the United States, it's a little different. But no, okay. we don't have any concerns about the uh, the seeds coming into Haiti. Okay, so um, the top five or six seeds that we could get. Oh, um, I know that they grow a lot of squash there. So if you see squash, for sure, um, tomatoes, corn. Uh, I'm trying to think of other seeds that if. In, um, Maybe ca hmm. something green like cabbage or spinach? Spinach would be good. Okay. Spinach, cabbage for sure. Carrots too. Funny enough, carrots are grown up there. Okay, good. Carrots. So we've got five. Corn, carrots, tomatoes, squash, and spinach. It sounds very healthy. Um, it sounds like the perfect lunch right now, actually. Um <laughs> So good. Okay. So th this is a really good place to start. If you, if you have some um, money in your PayPal account or you're able to make a donation because Rhonda has shared the great need, obviously, after the hurricane, but also ongoing needs. So you know what? If you're not in a position to do it today, but you are in a position to do it a couple of weeks from now, definitely, you know, <laughs> go for it because the need is always great. And everybody knows that. Um, generally speaking, where um, this particular country is concerned. Um, and, you know, in terms of seeds, obviously, you know, I love the idea of the eco trip because growing your own food is something that in America we've gotten away from. And it's unfortunate for many reasons, not only the self-sustainability issues, um, as we've been, quote, industrialized, industrialized, um, 
but also for health reasons. Um, there's so many benefits to doing this. So you could consider this trip like your own personal gardening lesson that you can get by donating your time. Right, Rhonda? Definitely. Definitely. I, I was going to put in there, I um I am 100% a city girl. So coming to all of this and doing the agricultural part, I'm learning a lot, mm -hmm. but I'm excited about it. So yeah. Rhonda, do you have a general, and I know this might be very general because it might vary with the seasons and other things that I'm not aware of, but do you have a general idea of the price or the cost that it would be for a person, like just a one person to participate in one of your volunteer trips as you describe them? Yeah, so we're trying to keep the cost down because again, we want people to be able to come down and share the opportunity to see Haiti the way we see it. Um, and so we've tried to keep the cost down as far as for a trip. What we primarily tell people is that um, the ticket to fly down there is on you, that we, we ask you to go ahead and purchase that because depending on where you're coming from the country, it ranges. And also, too, depends on the time that you're coming to. That The price always ranges a little differently. But as for right now, if you can get to the country, we're asking that you provide $600 for a, about a one-week trip, one-and-a-half-week trip, so about a 10-day trip. And so the $600 would provide transportation, provide the housing, um, and food for what we would need for the, the 10 days. So once you get there... Six hundred dollars. Yeah, and yep, that's and craft at the moment. <laughs> well, and then something additional, right, for the little one or two day vacation. Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, we always suggest that you bring your own money. Um, it is difficult if you bring credit cards. Like I say, you know, if if you're interested, we go through the whole spiel of what to do and what not to do for the trip. But yeah, definitely, we um, if we do stay a few more days longer at the uh, the beach or in those areas then it would go be a little bit more a little bit more than the 600 but normally we try at least one day in that 600 dollars range okay awesome and that's on the end so if you wanted to stay longer you could yeah definitely definitely okay well when's the next um volunteer trip Rhonda? that is a good question because we're full for the one that we're doing in december but we are looking into Summer, we will definitely have one. We're just not sure exactly what the dates are yet. We might, we're not sure. We might have one in March. So we're not 100% sure. Okay, March 2017. Okay, great. So it sounds like you try and do like three a year. Is that fair to say? We Maybe, try. I know, I know you go a lot more than that, but I just mean with the group. Yes. Yeah, we try. We're trying. The range is two to three at the moment. And then once we get a little bit more developed, we're hoping to have a lot more. Okay, super. All right. So, so I'm so excited to have this conversation and um, so excited too that I might actually get to meet you on Indie Cruise in January. So I've got my fingers crossed about that. But in the, meantime, yes, in, in the meantime, <laughs> in the meantime, in the meantime, org. S-O-U-D-E, H A I T E T I, I'm sorry, spelled just like the country, dot org is where you can go to make a donation. As Rhonda said, you can use the PayPal link, which of course, as you know, will allow you to make your donation with PayPal puns, funds or with your favorite credit card. Um, and then also think about the seeds 
and uh, contacting Rhonda through the contact link at our website to make sure you send them to the correct address. And once again, corn, carrots, tomato, squash, and spinach. Yum. <laughs> well, Rhonda, you know, you know, I'm just so excited to get a chance to chat with you um, and to really dive in with someone who is not just hearing the news, but actually who knows people in this part of the country and who is on the ground understanding and embracing the full picture of the issues that they face because they do run deep. And and I love your mission, Rhonda, to not just give, 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 although that's very important, but also to empower, empower, empower and help, help a whole nation of people in this particular part of the country understand that they have a lot more power than they may have been taught to think they have and that they can use that power to rebuild their own communities and empower their children, most importantly, to create and make the kind of life that they want without depending on third parties to make it happen. Definitely. That's a powerful mission, and we support you in that. I'm excited to help you spread the word. So, you guys, Sue to Haiti, go to the website, tweet it out. Rhonda, what's the message that we can tweet out or share on Facebook? What what are what what do you want us to tell people? What is the message in 140 characters or less that we can really easily share? Um, check out this this nonprofit and see what they're doing in Haiti. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> Best way. <laughs> Good. So should we use a hashtag like Sue to Haiti? Do you use that? Or do you use another hashtag that we can use so we can like, we can go to one place on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, and we can see other people talking about the same thing? You know, I, that's a good question. I haven't created my own hashtag, which is probably not a good thing. But I always I always put hashtag Haiti. Okay, hashtag Haiti. And how about hashtag Sue to Haiti? <laughs> Okay, so if there's room, that's a great way to connect with other people who are connecting not just on Haiti, but around your particular message and your particular outreach in that country. So I'm super excited about that. Definitely. I am too. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. No, thank you for giving us an opportunity to help. You know, so often we want to help. We say, oh my gosh, there's a hurricane, there's an earthquake, what's going on? And, you know, you hear news from here and there, and then you start getting all these emails from, as you just said, there's no shortage of organizations. Um, but it, it's it's wonderful to be able to not only hear from organizations like that and see those opportunities to give, but also, Rhonda, to be able to actually talk to the people in charge and see what they're doing with boots on the ground. They're actually going there and spending, investing their own resources because I know you have a husband, you have children. So this is not like you can just get up, you know, throw on your boots and fly to Haiti. I mean, you have to do a lot of planning to make this work. So being able to partner with you and having access to you and understanding that every single dollar that we donate, it's not going to bureaucracy and a bunch of other stuff like that. It's really going to actually get help into the hands of the people who need it. Yeah, definitely. No, and that's one of our biggest things. We want to be as transparent as possible. We want to make sure that people know that we know the community. We want to make mm -hmm. sure that we go straight to them. 
Yes. Well, we are excited to partner with you and link up arms with you to make sure that that happens. So everybody, suedehady.org, check it out, make your donation of money or seeds and stay tuned for an opportunity to go on one of these volunteer trips with them. Thank you so much, Rhonda. And please give your husband our regards and let him know that we look forward to meeting him on a trip as well. Definitely. Thank you so much, Donna, for taking the time to talk to us today. My pleasure. Bye-bye now. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed my interview with Rhonda Porter Altima of Suda Haiti. Now let's share and summarize just a few of the things she talked about on this episode. First of all, Suda Haiti's mission is all about empowerment. It's great when we can give financially, but it's critical that we not only give people fish, but we also teach them how to fish. Suda Haiti does that. And secondly, the Haitian people's greatest need right now includes financial relief generally in the aftermath of Hurricane Matthew. But going forward, it's also supplies like the seeds Rhonda mentioned and also manpower. If you'd like to join me on a trip to Haiti to teach product making classes, contact me through the contact page at IndieBusinessNetwork.com and we can talk details. And finally, how you can help right now. I want to tell you how you can donate right this minute to Sue to Haiti. Go to their website at www.suedahaiti.org and click the donate button right there on the homepage. Let me spell it for you one more time. S-O-U-D-E-H-A-I-T-I, suedahaiti.org. I am so excited to give you this information and give you this great opportunity to help the Haitian people. Now you can subscribe to Indie Business Podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. And you can also listen at my website at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash podcast. And if you're listening on iTunes right now, won't you do me the favor of rating this podcast? It helps me so much to know that you appreciate the amazing people and stories featured here. This is one of the chief ways I fulfill my own personal mission to help people maximize their success through small business ownership. As more and more people tune into Indie Business Podcast, more lives are changed through small business ownership. You can also share episodes from my blog at IndieBusinessNetwork.com to your favorite social media outlets. I will see you next time on the Indie Business Podcast. In the meantime, break all the rules, build your own corporate ladder, and create the life you love. 